Hello, hello, Heather Jean here. I am so excited for this podcast episode. Welcome to Confidence Through Cabaret, all things confidence. I am talking with Zaina B, and we are talking about uh, self-care today. Really, a lot is around kind of healing and what that means. So Zaina is a transformational coach and self-care strategist. Welcome, Zaina. I'm I'm so excited for this conversation. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. So, Zaina, you have been on your own self-care journey for quite a while now. Yes. And balancing the physical and the mental and emotional and spiritual healing of that is difficult right we've just been talking about it actually just before the show started um and what i love about us talking about you know your healing process is is really about how you look after yourself what do you do for your own self-care oh gosh it's such a long list um i have been on this journey of healing for myself um, healing and, and learning about self-care and learning what it means to care for myself, to prioritize myself for about 13 years now. And in those years, um, I have, it, it, you know, it's something that's ever evolving and changing. And um, I also do a lot of personal development. So as my mindset improves, then I add new things into my toolkit, so to speak. And um, so for me, self-care, um, there's my self-care started largely with the physical body, with um, managing my chronic pain symptoms and um, learning how to relax my body, um, how to manage physical stress. Um, and then, you know, in more recent years, it's evolved into more uh, discharging of emotions and processing stress through movement, um, but uh, I have a background as a massage therapist. And one of the things that we say in the profession, I learned it in massage school, is that the issues are in your tissues. And so um, if you're carrying a lot of stress, uh, I find that it becomes a lot harder to live well, to feel good until you can get some of that stress out of your body. And so uh, a lot of the things that I do to care for myself involve movement and managing my physical body. Um, but I also love salt baths. Um, I do lots of uh, water. Um, sorry, <laughs> my brain just went blank. Um, but I do ritual baths and ritual showers for relaxation, uh, magnesium oil, and Epsom salts for the healing benefits. And uh, those are some of my favorite go-to things, but lots of stretching, and it's just a, a lot. <laughs> I have a really long list of things that, um, and, and it's every day, it's something different. Every week, it's something different, depending on what I need and what my life looks like at that time. 
Yeah. And, you know, we were talking before the show about, you know, for a lot of people will be in this situation of, you know, returning to the workplace after a long time. And most especially for you, because you've been healing and then returning to work. And we're not used to that level of activity or that type of activity. And then it's hard to get back into that. And we can be very hard on ourselves when that happens. Yes. And I know, I know because we've had previous, a couple of previous conversations about this actually about, you know, there's, there's kind of your standards of what you expect your work level to be. And then there's the standards that are possible. How do you reconcile that? Grace. And really that is where the self-love piece comes in. Um, for me, a big part of my healing going back to those, you know, that 13 year span had to do with learning to love myself. And it's not like love myself and I'm confident and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cocky and I'm brazen and I'm just, you know, look at me, I'm all this. The, the self-love really was a personal on a deeper level about respecting myself and seeing myself as worthy of the time, the attention, the money, the rest, all of these things that um, when we don't love ourselves are missing. These are the ways that I used to abuse myself when I was not in a good place. Um, I, I didn't take time for myself. I didn't do self-care. I self-care are you kidding me um i didn't have the respect for myself to say no to things and so it led to breakdowns emotional breakdowns physical breakdowns overworking my body until it just said no more um but the the self-love piece is really the foundation of it all because if you don't see yourself as worthy of taking the time to take a break, taking the time to get a massage because your body is hurting, um, take the time to make the doctor's appointment instead of putting it off until whatever you know gets worse and you end up with a bigger problem. These are all ways that um, you know, my definition of self-care applies. It's much more broad than most people when they think of dark chocolate and uh, bubble baths. Yes, I'm a big fan of baths, but that's also part of my pain relief. I've learned that if I am hurting and I go and I sit in a bath with some Epsom salts, um, my body feels a lot better. And that, uh, when I was working full-time in the spa, became a regular part of my self-care. Because, you know, your uh, Epsom salts contain magnesium. A huge part of the population is deficient in magnesium. I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing anything. But um, it's a fact that most people are deficient in magnesium and what better way to get it in than to absorb it through your largest organ, which is your skin. So sorry, I think that was a, a bit of a roundabout way of getting to, uh, to my answer, but all of these things came in practice there. It wasn't from reading a book. It was from learning, Hey, this feels better. And man, it's so much better to feel better than to feel bad. So 
maybe if I like do this once in a while, it's okay. You know, I'll just stay up a little bit later to take this bath instead of going to bed hurting. Yeah. I like what you said earlier um, when we were talking about, you know, taking that time for yourself to go and walk or cry or give yourself the grace to do what you're capable of doing. And what a lot of us will do is rely on a partner or family to, to look after that or take it out on or, you know, food, alcohol, whatever have you, you know, Netflix, whatever it is that are your numbing solutions. And I, I think your your story of, of how you manage that and, and allow yourself to physically cry or to do whatever it is that your body is telling you you need is so important. Um, yes, I think that is another one that I can say that I have learned the hard way. Many of the lessons, many of the strategies that I teach um, my clients and the things that I speak about very openly about my life are things that have come through hard lessons of, um, you know, not taking care of myself, coming home, a ball of tension, stressed out, having a horrible day and just bottling it all up, holding it in because I don't want to burden anyone with my feelings but not having any other way of getting them out. And I come home and I'm making dinner and I pick a fight with my partner because where else is the frustration going to go? But now I'm home, I'm in my space and um, you know, the partner just breathes the wrong way and it sets off an explosion. And I, I've seen this happen with so many people, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a joke in our culture that people come home and it's, you know, wine o'clock, but, that can cause its own problems. And I've had experience with that too. Um, so I had to learn, you know, if you don't find a way to manage these feelings, they're going to come out in unpleasant ways, whether it's lashing out at someone else, whether it's engaging in harmful habits. Um, I'm a recovering binge eater. So if I don't do something with those feelings, I'm going to go in the kitchen and I'm going to try to stuff them. And I don't want to do that anymore. And I also don't want to go in the kitchen and, you know, I don't want to stop on the way home and get a bottle of wine and drink the whole bottle of wine because that's not healthy. So I learned, um, as I was telling you earlier, I, I had a hard day yesterday and I was coming home and I'm like, okay, how am I going to manage this? It's December, it's cold, but it's not, you know, 30 degrees. It's It was about 57 degrees yesterday, which... For this time of year is unseasonably warm, I decided to go and take a walk because I didn't want to go in the house and raid the pantry. I didn't want to go in the house and feel all of that frustration and it boil over to my partner. And I certainly didn't want to go and just lay on the bed and veg on Netflix until it was past my bedtime and regret that. So I got home and instead of, I didn't even go in the house, I went and I just walked around the block a few times just to di discharge some of that, uh, that tension and that stress that was in my body. Um, and it was so good. You know, then if I were feeling better physically, yeah, I may have gone in the house and put some music on and danced, but I was stiff, my back was hurting, my legs were hurting, and I just, I didn't have a ton of energy after working my, my second day back at work. So I did what I could and I walked really slow. My ego just, I took my ego out of it and trying to, you know, oh, I'm walking so slow. I have to walk faster. I didn't put any of that pressure. It was 
just for the purpose of moving my body and getting some of that energy out. Um, you know, and I have alternatives that I could have done if it got if I really got out of the car and it didn't work, I would have listened to my body. I would have made it one lap and my body would have said, you know, that's enough. And I would have gone in the house and I would have done something else, maybe stretching. Um, maybe it would have just been a getting in the shower, you know, and really letting the water wash over me kind of thing. But I had to find some way to offset that energy from my stressful day. And it worked. Yeah. I, I did get that shower and the shower was glorious, but what I had to do to make the shower a therapeutic shower was I used my luxurious body scrub and I did a face mask and I did a hair mask and, you know, I really let myself, I, I pampered myself. And these are all things that I wouldn't have done in the past because um, it's just a shower. I don't need to do all of that stuff. Oh, it, it doesn't make a difference. It absolutely makes a difference to take that time and slow down. And so it was, uh, it was really great taking care of my body. It really does make a difference. And if you don't love yourself enough to do that, there's a piece that's going to be missing from your self-care, but it's not from a judgment place of if you don't love yourself. It, how do you learn to love yourself that you respect yourself and, and have the reverence for your body to do those things. That's a whole, you know, that's part of the, the basic part of what I teach. Yeah. And getting there, I mean, you know, it's, it's one thing maintaining it, but getting to that point when you love your body enough to even start down the self-care road yes. is a tough one. It's a really tough one. And, you know, I mean, I, I work a lot around body confidence, but I, I try and, you know, help people even get to the point where, they're feeling neutral or acceptance, not even getting to the point of love. Like, yeah. you know, even just going from, I hate or dislike my body to, I feel okay about it. Like that's, that's a good place to start going off into your self care. But I love that you advocate, you know, like, like proper crying as well. Um, you know, because I think, I think, well, too much of us, we keep it in, right? And when we're in that fight, flight, or freeze, if we are frozen, we're not expressing that at all. We're just completely gridlocked in that sensation. Yes, and then the pressure just builds. Um, I am great at crying uh, because in the beginning of my journey, I didn't know anything. I, I didn't know how to discharge those emotions uh, aside from the unhealthy ways. So it became about choosing how to do something else. Um, and I did, you know, at, at one point I did have some support. I did have some professional guidance uh, around that and around transitioning from that place of just being this stuck, tense person that didn't love myself. I actually hated myself. So what you just said about, you know, coming to neutral, that resonates. And that was my journey. My journey was one of loathing myself and my body to just maybe, can I say a bad word of course <laughs> maybe I'm not a piece of shit no maybe you... I'm not a piece of shit that was that was my first part of my healing was maybe I'm 
I'm not a horrible piece of shit. Yeah. And that's where it started. Because yeah. at, at my lowest point, I didn't want to be on this earth anymore. And I didn't know how I could continue living the way that I felt. And so I had to figure out how to not feel that way anymore. And that is what my journey was about. It was never about helping other people. It was about surviving. And so um, the crying, crying, I mean, how much time do we have? <laughs> crying for me uh, was really challenging because uh, I had someone in my household that would ridicule me for crying my whole life. And so crying for me, I was, I had tremendous amounts of shame about crying, especially crying in front of anyone. Oh no. And so for me to now be in the place where I can cry and I cried uh, on a live stream a couple days ago with a whole audience of people watching me, that is a picture of, you know, how far the healing has progressed. Um, but when you are bottling up those emotions, it puts tremendous pressure on your energy body, on your energy body, but also your physical body. Because if you think about uh, like high blood pressure, and I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't have medical background to explain it, but stress, they say stress is a killer. And part of why I now allow myself to cry when it comes up is because I've experienced stress-related illness. A huge part of the illness that I am dealing with now came from stress. And so that's another layer of the healing that has happened just in the past two years with the realization of, yeah, you've come a long way, but it's this journey never ends. As long as we're alive, the journey of self-love and self-care and healing will just continue to morph and to fit what is going on in our lives. And so for me, um, crying is something that I talk about a lot now um, because I, I haven't perfected it. I haven't mastered it. I'm not a master at all things self-care. I'm just really good at it. And I'm really... Uh, comfortable talking about it and I'm really able I'm able to just try different things because my goal is to feel the best that I can in the shortest possible time so crying really accomplishes that because it allows you to like release these emotions um, screaming there's a place actually near here I'm really excited to go uh, it's a rage room have you heard of these no so it's a place where you go and you pay a fee and you get to break stuff <laughs> and you get to scream and you get to like, you can put on angry music, but you pay and you can pay for a certain amount of things. And this is actually something that I'm going to be um, offering like to my VIP clients to come and, uh, and do that. But I, I'm actually going to go, I'm, I'm planning to go in the next week or so if they have uh, availability to just go and break stuff because think about how, in our society, do we recognize rage? Do we recognize the, the, like, the value, the catharsis of rage? Yeah. Expression of rage? Where do we have a, a safe way to offset rage? I, I, I've never, I, I mean, I'm, I guess it's a little bit different if you're in physical contact sports. Right. So, you know, 
uh, ice hockey, I'm thinking, uh, rugby, uh, to some extent, American football, you know, soccer. that kind of thing. But yes. Oh, yeah. American yeah. football is great for that. I yeah. played soccer in high school, and I was way less stressed out in high school because I would just <laughs> run right into people. <laughs> Give me that ball. But. It's interesting because I managed a rugby team here in the UK for uh, 11 years, 12 years, something like that, uh, once my children grew up. And I, I, we weren't allowed to have girls after the age of 12. So girls could play with the boys until 12. And now it's 11. They've moved it down. But um, there were a lot of girls who needed to play rugby. And this is community rugby. So they weren't allowed to play it in school because rugby was only for boys. And it was almost like, but girls express their rage in a different way. And they do it more verbally. And we have mm -hmm. clubs where they can sit and talk while they verbalize and do their raging. Um, but there, but that that's a huge generalization, massively outdated information. And so I loved it when the girls would come and beat the crap out of boys, <laughs> all to get hold of a ball to run it past a line. Do you know, it was like, but that was where they got out that rage. And I just think there, there isn't there's a lot of places where it's not suitable for all men, but there are a lot more places or opportunities for men or boys as they're being raised and men in, in you know, um, various levels to be able to go and do that. And it's more socially acceptable. And I admit that a lot of men don't love sports. And so where else do you go? But but there's a lot of places for that that are not encouraged for women. Well, and it's just much more socially acceptable for men to be that way. And women are still generally speaking, expected to be more um, demure. You know, there's that label of yeah. hysteria. You don't want to be a hysterical woman. <laughs> you don't want to be a, uh, you don't want to be a bitch. Yeah, but guess why you end up as a hysterical woman? Because you didn't have a place, an outlet for the rage. Yes, <laughs> because right? you're bottling everything up because yeah. you have to be nice, because you have to help this one, because you have to take care of everyone. But who takes care of you? Do you take care of yourself? Not likely. <laughs> and and all of those things, everything that I just said is exactly how I ended up where I was at the start of my journey. Taking care of everyone but myself, not speaking up for myself, yeah. um, and basically being a, a, a doormat. And, you know, I'm great at putting out fires. That's what makes me great at what I'm doing now is I have a great mind for solving problems and creating systems and strategies. But I never, ever was worthy of putting that attention on myself Yeah, because there were way more important things to do. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I was absolutely not fine. Why, why do we have to? I mean, fine is a terrible word anyway. We should just ban that. If you're fine, you are not okay. You are not okay. Because you should be alive. You should be joyous. You should be all kinds of other things. If you're fine, then there's some work to do there. Yes. Absolutely. I, I think I think, you know, just just for anybody that's listening, because I have been there. I, I, I wasn't at the point where I wanted to end my life, but I wanted it to end. And I think it's it's a it's a really important thing. If you're in that space, there is light. Everybody will keep telling you there's light, but you can't see the damn light at the end of the tunnel because you can't even feel like you're in a tunnel. It just feels permanent. Yes. And. Um, just coming back to something that you said that I just want to really emphasize if anybody's listening with that um, in mind is that you said like, what if I'm not a piece of shit? Like 
just creating that disturbance in your thinking, right? So, yes. so that you can go, well, if I'm not a piece of shit, then this, this, and this is true. And, and then it opens up ever so slightly from that, you know, our brain, when we're in our brainstem, when we're in our lower brain is so fight, flight, or freeze, and we have no um, peripheral vision. We just can see those things because that's what kept us safe and that's how we've evolved. But just that, I loved that question of like, what if I'm not a piece of shit? Just opens the door a little bit to go, hmm, there's a little bit more I can see here then, and just slowly start to open that door. And that, if that's all you do, is you get out of bed and you, I don't know, do one thing for yourself, brush your teeth or sh get dressed or shower or whatever it is, just one little thing. If that's all you do and you have that one thought of what if I'm not a piece of shit or whatever your words are, then that's enough. Like yes. it, it doesn't mean that you have to get up and rule the world and do all the things. And women are three times more likely to be working in the home as well as working outside of the home, especially if you have children. <laughs> I mean, gee, first that, that it, it's, it's huge. And so, so I just, I just wanted to really emphasize that because I think that's really great advice that you've given. Thank you. Yeah. That's super duper important. And, and like I said, that was the start of my journey. And that is one of the kind of paradigms that I work to shift um, just every day in, in conversation. Um, if you see me on social media, that's one of the things is kind of pushing against that idea when I see people speak in disparaging terms about themselves or, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm too busy for that. But, but why, why are you too busy for that? You're too busy to take five minutes um, I, I have a client recently um, that told me that, you know, I have helped her to change her life because I told her that it was okay for her to make herself a salad, even though her husband doesn't eat salad. Like, why aren't you worth taking five extra minutes to make the salad for yourself when you know that that is in alignment with your goals? It's okay that your husband doesn't eat salad take that five minutes to make that for yourself. And she said it's completely changed her perspective on, um, on you know, even just making dinner because yeah. it was all about, well, he doesn't eat it, so I don't eat it. But he doesn't have to eat it. What about what you need and what you want? Yeah. And, and it, it's the same thing. It's, it's we, the, the, the emphasis here has to be on, you do not need permission. Like, so that, that person is, that's wonderful steps, but it's getting to that point where it's like, I don't need to give you permission because you don't need permission from anybody else to make a damn salad. Yes. And, and you have, you have the permission, you make the rules, you make the rules in your life. That is a big, that's one of the things that I talk about so much. Like, well, why can't you there's a lot of like breaking paradigms and and um not that's not the word i'm looking for uh paradigm shift in terms of thinking about you know what you believe to be true and it starts with that i'm not a piece of shit because then it means that all of these things that were built on the idea of the identity of seeing yourself as a piece of shit that's not true and that's not true and that's not true and none of those things are true. And so it opens up all of this beautiful space for you to create a life that actually fits you and, and actually allows you to feel good and not just feel like a machine or a workhorse. Like you actually get to listen to music that you enjoy. Yeah, I hate folding laundry, 
But if I put on my favorite movie or put on my favorite playlist, it becomes a fun experience. And that is part of my self-care, making the tasks that I know that I need to have done as an adult enjoyable so that I actually do them instead of avoiding them and feeling this resistance to the things that are going to make my life better. That's part of self-care too. Absolutely. And I'm worthy of enjoying the tasks that I have to do. I don't have to just drudge through those any more than I have to drudge through any other part of life because I am worth it and I'm not a piece of shit. Exactly. I mean, isn't that the whole thing of Mary Poppins? Mary, yeah. Doesn't Mary Poppins have a song about that? About a something about sugar makes the medicine go there down. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I knew we would get on to musicals. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I never thought about that. Yes. I never made that the spoonful yes. of sugar. That's Let's exactly. name it. This would be the Mary Poppins solution. Yes. Um, <laughs> my brain is exploding. I've got a whole new, I'm going to, that's, yeah. I'm going to yeah. totally use that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes. That's exactly what it is. You have to take the medicine. Yeah, but you can. I uh, my my expression is you can have a good time or you can do hard time. Ooh. I live by that. I I and and I've argued with so many people about whether play is a value or not. I don't care. It's mine. I have a value of play. It's core. It's non-negotiable, and it means that I have a good time. I I refuse to do hard time. That's I really love that. Say it again. You can have a good time. You can have a good time or you can do hard time. Wow. It's really, it's really interesting um, that we, we both have a way of kind of framing that because I, I've found that to be hugely beneficial um, for the people that I work with. Um, it, it all started for me, not so much as working as a coach, but in the spa industry, uh, I've been a massage therapist for, Wait, what year is it? 2021. <laughs> 11 years and an wow. esthetician for eight, I think. Um, and, and all of the work that I do started in the treatment room where I would have a client that says, oh, you know, my neck hurts. And we would work on their neck every month for months and months and they wouldn't be progressing. And I learned that it was because they weren't doing anything outside of our treatment room. But if I have you for one hour, and you have you for the other 30 days of the month, how much pro progress are we really gonna make? So it became about teaching people how to make these little changes to want to take care of themselves, to enjoy it. So then it's like, I don't wanna stretch. Stretching is no fun. Yeah, but if you put on your favorite movie and you put your yoga mat down on the floor, um, you watch TV every night anyway, and that is how my methodologies were developed. Um, yeah. And it just goes back to the spoonful of sugar because you can stretch for two hours watching a movie and and you'll be done and you'll just be laying there and you'll be so relaxed. Like, yeah, why yeah. didn't I think of this sooner? Because you were trying to do hard time instead of having a good time. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. There was no sugar for your medicine. Exactly. Oh, we, we have a whole brand now. I love this so much. <laughs> Wait till we get started and get our, uh, you know, our, our retreat together. 
I know, I know. Zayn so and a little I, tease, a little tease it, for everyone who's watching. <laughs> yes, we are going to do a sensual self-healing retreat. Ah, I'm very excited for that. I can yes. do that right now. And Me I think, I, yeah, yeah. And I think you know, at the time of at the time of listening to this, you know, people will be coming out of the holidays mostly. And that's a time when it can be very deflating. So, you know, you've got all these expectations that are way too high uh, for the Christmas and what it's going to do and all the things you're going to do and all the ways you're going to feel and make other people feel and all the all the other stuff. Obligations. It's a flurry. And then, and then we get into the new year and we have all these hopes and dreams for the, the new year. And by the 11th of January, most of us have given up on a resolution if we made one. And, and we're starting to feel deflated before we even started the damn year. Um, I'm making my business plan this year starting in February because I refuse to do this whole kind of pressure of January. I'm not ready to write my business plan for the first time in 26 years. I'm, I'm not ready and I'm not doing it. So oh. I would not, I mean, normally I would have it done by the end of November, certainly the beginning of December would be all finalized. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm just not, it's not, it's not coming. I'm not ready. So I need the time to reflect and, and I'll do my business plan when, when it's done and it will get done, but my business year is going to start in February. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo for not pushing it because you get to feel good. You get to do your business in a way that feels good. Yeah. And that's another one of those concepts that is novel to people who are not used to taking care of themselves or honoring themselves. Like, oh, you know, I have to push through. You don't, though. No, no, no. Because there are no rules, right? It's not true. You make the rules. Yeah. It's again, you get this permission whenever you want. Exactly. And then and then there's like, there's the rules and then there's your rules. And I wanted to say this to you, Zaina, as well. Um, when you were talking about uh, that you've gone back to work and that you have these expectations of your standards, one of the, one of the most common things that I talk about in my, in my corporate um, client work is around, is this your standard or the standard? Because very often your standards or one's standards are higher than the standards, right? What people are expecting or requiring from you in terms of delivery is, is a standard. And you should, yes, understand that and discuss it with your line manager or whomever. And, and I'm, I'm all about performance management. I mean, like in, in a way where it's, it's almost obsessive. But... There is a, a part, some of us that have the standard, which in other words, our own standard, that is way higher than that. And if we don't meet that mark, then we're beating ourselves up. And, and my question is, are you meeting your standard or the standard? Oh, no, my standard. Yeah. No, no, I and am. Just, oh, you want to play with that. You want to play mm. with that. Yeah, that's absolutely something that still comes up for me. Um, in, I think much of my journey uh, happens in waves, right? Um, I think it's really common. You know, I feel really good and I've mastered this. And then you master it until you don't, until you've forgotten <laughs> how to master it. And then you're like, oh, this again. Yeah. Yeah, this again. Because yeah. if you're, as long as you're alive, your challenges are going to come back around and some things you may master permanently and some things are gonna be a little more challenging. Um, and for me, uh, I am uh, 
I still have a lot of uh, veins where I'm really critical of myself, little areas that um, I, I haven't mastered. And I know, like I just told you, you get to make the rules and it doesn't have to be hard. It, it gets to feel good. But there are still patterns that I am working to reprogram and uh, programs in my mind that I am still, you know, breaking down and, and reprogramming and ideas about myself that aren't true, that intellectually I know to be true, but sometimes my habits don't necessarily match. And um, I love that I get to be on this journey and I get to play and figure it out for myself. So, yeah. you know, even when I have those moments of frustration and overwhelm and blaming myself, it's like I get to go home and say, I'm not taking this in the house. I'm not going to do this tonight. And I'm going to reset and I get to clear it out and start over and make a different choice today. Yeah. And I love this because a lot of times, um, you know, coaches or whatever, you know, um, uh, service providers are talking about, you know, as if they've got it all figured out and their life has changed and it's so wonderful and, and it's bullshit. I, I'm I just certainly saying, do not have right? it all. I've, I've done this for 26 years and it's still not, it's still not, it's not done because new things come up all the time. Hello, 2020. Hello, 2020. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Wow. Talk about blowing me out of the water that year. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you uh, a couple of questions uh, briefly before we uh, find out where we can find you. Um, so uh, if you were going to perform cabaret, and that could be singing, dancing, uh, burlesque, comedy, aerial, contortion, or anything in between. Ooh. So cabaret is, is typically in a small audience in a live venue that's, that's most traditional. So Bette Midler started in cabarets. Um, most comedians started cabarets. Um, so little, little, little clubs with live um, mix of, of talents. What kind of performance or act would you want to do? I would do some uh, variation of singing and dancing. Ooh, and okay. Possibly a little bit of burlesque. Okay. So it's interesting because a lot of people think that burlesque is like completely stripping and it doesn't need to be. Like sometimes you strip down into a dress. Like, right. you know, you take a coat off. It's the, and then it's you're the a... experience, the unveiling, the show. Yes. Right. It is. And and the difference for me anyway, and, and I, I, there, there are probably as many different opinions on this, but for me is burlesque is telling a story. So you're not just taking off that item to, you know, you don't just have a glove and you take it off because that's burlesque. It's got to be a reason why you had the glove and why you no longer need the glove, right? So some sort of appealing away or whatever it is. Whereas dancing can be an interpretation of the music or a movement of the music or, or whatever it is. So I love that you're going to put like a little bit of burlesque. It's like a nice little spice in there and you're singing yes. and dancing. Yes. I'm getting chills thinking about it. I'm loving this. And what, besides, besides a microphone, right? Because a microphone's a given if you're going to be singing, but what one prop would you want to take on stage with you? The first thing that came to my mind automatically is a feather boa. <gasps> I love a feather boa. What color are you thinking? Actually, um, I meant to tell you, I love your colors today. Thank that you. color of your cardigan is uh, one of my favorites. I love a nice, loud magenta. <laughs> Me too. Magenta is my favorite color. 
Oh, so thank uh, you. it would absolutely be a magenta feather boa in like the most vibrant, and it, and it would be like a big fluffy one, like not mm -hmm. those skinny. Yeah, yeah, no, you don't want any chicken feathers, you because they're just gonna <laughs> leak everywhere. No, 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 no. I mean they're they're affordable, but honest to God, they're just they're they they go everywhere. I I have several of them. Anytime I bring it out of a bag, it's like oh no, that's gone everywhere. Yeah, you need a nice juicy thick one. Yes. Um, and you can get some very um, environmentally friendly ones where they're feathers that have come off, or you can even get like ones that are made from organza or you know Ooh. other fabrics that are really rich and actually quite heavy because they're like this big around. So. Oh, I just got an idea. Um, I also have a faux fur stole in like a burgundy color. So it would be either a feather boa or like a like rich, vibrant, same color, like faux fur stole. Something very luxurious. And yeah, that's my that's that's my style. That's what I like. <laughs> Fabulous. Something strokeable. Yes. That. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to do your singing and dancing with a little bit of burlesque and you've got your strokeable uh, wrap of some sort around you. And what is your stage name? Please welcome to the stage. Goddess Zanuba. <gasps> Where did that come from? Um, so my name is Zaina and Zanuba is kind of like a pet name. But I, um, I feel like my alter ego, whenever uh, I've done a lot of work around myself and the healing of the shame and um, around my body. So the confident, my alter ego, the confident alter ego is, is goddess Zanuba. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And I would say if you're listening or watching this, figure out what your name is, but don't, don't overthink it. Let it come out really first thing that comes to your mind. Because what a lot of people do is they'll say, ah, oh, well, I want to be queen, but I can't really take up that space. So I'll apologetically call myself mm, Duchess or do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, but if you're a queen, then be a freaking queen. Like, just take up that space, you know, and do that. So I love that you're goddess. Oh, well, there's definitely some prickling around that, but that is the answer. Like, regardless of, I, it's a stretch for me, but but yeah. it's enjoyable stretch. Like, it's like a... <laughs> yeah, and it's an energy that you can tap into any time you want. Yes. And I would imagine that Goddess Zanuba needs to do some of this rage room work mm -hmm. as well, right? Like bring her in that room as well. Let some of that out as well. You've just given me an idea. I had planned on recording it, like bringing my tripod and recording myself. And I think I'm going to dress for the occasion. Yes, you are. I'm going to dress for the occasion. I'm not going to wear, you know, sweats or something like that. No, I... Oh, this is good. This is no, juicy. No, I like this. This, this is freaking Goddess Zanuba doing this, right? Yes, raging. Yes, <laughs> raging until you have fearless relief. Yes. Oh. oh. I love. I love it. this so much. <laughs> this is fabulous. I'm going to need pictures. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I will tag you more. once I once I put it up there. Absolutely. Uh -huh. I think that may be. Yeah, that's going to be a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, For sure. And it's 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 inspiring because you know we all have that in us. And if you don't have a rage room or or that's not your thing, you know, for me it's nine inch heels. I love that. I feel fierce and powerful, and that's great. If you don't, like, what is your thing? It might be pink lipstick. It might be. I don't care what your thing is. It doesn't matter. It, it, it might be a, 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 a some sort of a color that you wear or something you're hiding in your drawer 
that you wouldn't dare wear, but you wish you could. Mm. Put it on. Yeah. Got something that there, there's an, something that has that energy to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. I thank you for sharing so honestly your journey and your tools and the work that you do is so important. Thank you Thank so you. much. This has been really great. Um, I really appreciate you and the work that you do. Uh, as we spoke previously, uh, this is, you know, what you do is work that, that I need, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to have this relationship and this kind of push at what I do in, in that way. So you're keeping me on my toes, but uh, I love that we get to serve together. Yeah, me too. Me too. I so appreciate it. Zena, where can people find you? So um, my Instagram is at blissfullybeyou, one word. And uh, my Facebook profile is Zena, B-E-E, be like the bug. Um, and it is a picture of moi. I do have a Facebook uh, fan page. It is Zena Brahim. Um, but it, it does need to be updated, but I'm going to be working on that this week. So I think by the time this episode is up, it should be up to date and current. I'm going to actually set that challenge for myself. Beautiful. So that will be uh, available also. Brilliant. Okay. So Zaina Brahim, so if you're listening to this on audio, oh. Zaina is Z-A-I-N-A and Brahim is B-R-A-H-I-M. So that would be the Facebook page. And Facebook is Zaina B, Z-A-I-N-A-B-E-E. -E. And Blissfully Be You. So that's the word Blissfully and then B-E and then Y-O-U. Blissfully Be You. I, it took me a little while to type that out. I couldn't, I couldn't work out how do I type Blissfully Be You. That doesn't look right because it's all one word, of course, on Instagram. So, so reach out if you want to talk to Zaina or you want to, you know, uh, if you have any questions or comments. Of course, like and subscribe wherever you're listening. If you listen to this on podcast, go check out Confidence Through Cabaret. Uh, YouTube channel and you will find it this interview on video under the vodcast uh, playlist if you're here on YouTube please like and subscribe and if you like your if you want to hear an audio version search confidence through cabaret anywhere you get your podcasts um, we are confidence through cabaret on all of the social medias so you can always find Zena in with us wherever um, so you know if 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 you if you're if, like, I'm saying this as a social media non-techie, right? If I can't find people, I find someone who can find people. That's kind of how I do stuff. So I'm Heather Jean and we are Confidence Through Cabaret on, on all the socials except for Twitter, which is at YBYWYS. And on Clubhouse, I'm at Heather YBYWYS. And those six little letters stand for it is your body and it is your world, and it is your stage. So take up space and own it. Thank you so much, Zaina. Thank you so much. I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you.